Good morning. Let's get started by standing up and having a song together. Thank you for being here today. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Sing aloud to God, make a joyful sound before His throne. Hallelujah, sing aloud to God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. From the ends of the earth, from the ends of the earth, from the depths of the sea, from the depths of the sea. Let all creation praise His name. From the ends of the earth, from the ends of the earth, from the depths of the sea, from the depths of the sea. Let all creation praise His name. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah unto the Lord. Amen, amen. Be seated, please. We serve a great mighty God, do we not? I love celebrating the resurrection and uh, talking about the awesomeness of God. And so we've asked Gordon to come and sing Awesome God for us this morning. God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God, Our God is awesome. He reigns from heaven with power and wisdom. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Now when he rolled up his sleeves, he wasn't putting on the ritz. Our God is an awesome God. There's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he said. His return is very soon, and so you better be believing. Our God is an awesome God. Yes, we know that He's awesome. Our God is awesome. 
that he helps us every day. One day, he's going to come again. All that is good news. That's what we call the gospel. All because of his great, great love for us.
Good morning, church family. What a blessing it is to be here with you guys today. Let's pray for our Lord's Supper. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today so blessed to be in your presence, Lord. So blessed to have the creator of everything under the sky, everything in the heavens and on earth in our presence, Father. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come here today and, and worship you. Just at this time, Lord, we, 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 we eat of the bread and drink of the wine, Father, in, in remembrance of you, Father, and, and uh, just help us never to forget. Help us never to forget the sacrifice that you made for us, Lord, because you loved us so much that you, sent, that you came down and died for us, Father. Just help us be mindful of that every day, Father. Just thank you again for your son, Jesus. His name we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, we come before you again, Father, just humbled to be in your presence once more, Father. Just thank you again for your son, Jesus, and for the sacrifice that you made for us, Lord. And just um, as we take this blood, Father, just um, help us to, to be reverent, Father, and be mindful of you and, and, and um, to always be grateful for the sacrifice that you made, Lord. Just thank you again for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Francis Chan, Crazy Love, the other day. Many of you are familiar with this book. He talks about the, the, one of the greatest questions of our generation and of any generation is, if you could have heaven and there'd be no sickness and every fun thing that you've ever liked to do, 
and every good food that you've ever eaten and all your family and all your friends there. And you could have all that, no pain, no suffering, but Christ wasn't there. Would you be willing to accept that? I think far too many of us sometimes would say that, yeah, that would be okay with us. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you today humbled again, Father. We know that just like the song says, Father, we want to be with you. We want to be where you are, Father, living in your presence, feasting at your table, Father. There is no heaven without you, Father. You have created everything good that that we have, Lord. Just help us to be mindful of that every day as we give back a portion of that right now. Just thank you again for Jesus, Father, and the sacrifice that you loved us enough to make. In his name we pray, amen.
time we'll dismiss our kids to uh, Bible Hour. Uh, we have a, there we go. Tells you where to go in case you're visiting with us with kids. Also at this time, as they're going out to that, we'll take just a moment or two to meet and greet those that are sitting right around you. Would you do that? Make them feel welcome.
Let's let's stand up. We'll sing everybody back on in and uh, get started this morning. Would you be free from the burden of sin? That's fire in the blood, fire in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful fire in the blood. There is fire, fire, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working It's a great day to expound on what I'm going to expound on. He appeared in a body. Let me back up. If I'm delayed, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, you will know how people are to conduct themselves in God's household. You're God's household, folks, which is the church of the living God. You are the church of the living God. You are the pillar and foundation of the truth. Awesome responsibility. Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. And you're the pillar and foundation of it. He appeared in a body was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. All that happened in the first century. Listen to this. I am not ashamed of the gospel 
For it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 says, Brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you believed and which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you're saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. What I received, I passed on to you as a first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and on the third day was raised from the dead. That was 2,000 years ago, give or take a few, and we're here today remembering the resurrection of Jesus. Proof positive. He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit. You say, how was he vindicated? When his body was energized and he stood back up on the earth. It's the only thing I've ever heard of that gives you the chance to come forth from the grave. There's no way around it. If that didn't happen, you're not getting out of here alive. Ever. Paul would say it this way. Listen to this. Don't be ashamed to testify about our Lord. I'm on the earth 2,000 years later, you say, Phil. You ashamed to tell someone about that? No, sir. Are ashamed of me as prisoner? Join with me. In suffering for the gospel, you say, how would you suffer for it? You may get a little bit of hatred. That's H. You may get a little bit of a exclusion by human beings. They will exclude you because of the gospel. That's E. You may get insulted from time to time. I've heard that happens. <laughs> That's H-E-I. And they may reject your name as evil because of the gospel. That's H, hate, exclusion, E, insult, I, R, reject. That spells air. Be joyful. Rejoice. Leap for joy. Because great is your reward in heaven. That's what Jesus said. Therefore, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us. He has called us to a holy life. You're the pillar and foundation of the truth that saved you. The truth is Jesus died and was buried and resurrected. You say we're standing on that. Yeah, don't be ashamed of it. Yeah. He has called us to a holy life. So if you're two-timing and double-timing, thinking somehow that God doesn't see, I'm fixed to give you the rest of the story in a minute. He saved us not because of anything we have done, that's for sure. 
but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. It was all worked out in advance. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That was 2014 years ago. You're counting time by him, and that's what your calendar states. Right? That means he was here. He did appear. It was all planned in advance. He has destroyed death. He destroyed it. And today we remember it. You want out alive? This is the way out alive. He has brought life. Hear this. And immortality. He's brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And they wonder why we're here today. The world looks around, what in the world are they doing? I'm saying, dude, God has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel of his son. He's destroyed death for you, dude. If there is no resurrection, why we're gathered here today, Easter, Friday, Good Friday, national holiday in the United States of America. Evidently, some, a mighty throng, are overlooking what happened Friday. And they're overlooking what happened today. They overlook it. They miss it. So what is their destiny? What is yours? Because you didn't overlook it. Listen to this. Now somebody... In the audience, who could I pick? Somebody in the audience. There's another lesson like this one. I have to repeat this same thing in about 30 30 minutes. You say, you're going to do this exact same thing in about 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. So I need somebody. Who would I pick? Mize. Mize, you got to watch. How will you know when it's time to shut her down? You got Caleb beside you. Preacher. See, Kellett and all them boys, they're pretty good at preacher jokes. Uh, here's a news flash. I don't have any. <laughs> Therefore, the Apostle Paul would say, if it is preached, this is right after he said the verse I quoted, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 15, 1 through 4. If it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? Oh, there's a lot of people running around in America right now. These were brothers saying, I don't believe it. I mean, dead, cold bodies coming from the ground? Come on. Most of America scoffs at it. They're just like this bunch of Corinth. And they should have known better. Pillar and foundation of the gospel truth. And they're sitting there wondering, really, if there's a real resurrection from the dead of their bodies? If there's no resurrection of the dead, 
then not even Christ has been raised. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. What I'm doing here today, if there's no resurrection of the dead, ladies, gentlemen, what I'm doing here today is useless. And so is your faith if there is no resurrection of the dead. It's an exercise in futility. It's all for nothing if there's no resurrection of the dead. More than that, we're to be found false witness about God. That includes me. I'm lying here. It really didn't happen. Your calendar is really not based on Jesus. He really wasn't here. We're to be found false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. And if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. If Christ has not been raised, listen to this, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Say what? If Christ has not been raised, you're still in your sins. The removal of your sins is tied to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're still dead in your sins if there was no resurrection of Jesus. You talk about heavyweight stuff. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. All your loved ones who follow Jesus to the death, all the Bible characters, all your loved ones, all your kin folks, they're done. No hope. Gone. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we're to be pitied more than all men. True. If there is no resurrection of the dead... The word of truth, the gospel truth, according to the apostle Paul, is the most important set of facts there is regarding one's final destiny. It's the most important thing in the Bible. Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. There is nothing that stacks up close to it. There are more ramifications surrounding what went down by Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection than you ever dreamed of. It freed you from Satan, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, because trust me, he had you. All the verses. There are two kinds of people on planet earth. The ones controlled by the evil one and the ones in Jesus. He freed you from, G- from Satan. Two, he freed you from sin. Three, he freed you from the guilt of sin, his death, burial, and resurrection. Resurrection, proof positive. That's why your sins are gone, folks. He freed you from law. He fixed it so that you don't have to be perfect. Strive for it, but when you fail, you say, I'm not under law, I'm under grace. What a great thing he did for you and myself. And finally, his resurrection from the dead freed you from the grave and the fear of it. He too shared in their humanity. Why? Because we have flesh and blood. Why did Jesus become flesh? So he could share in your humanity And destroy that one thing that you were afraid of all your life, the fear of death. He destroyed death and he brought light and immortality light through the gospel. You talk about a deal he has done for us. What are you talking about? Therefore, the gospel of God's grace, I have to say this before I get in my lesson. I'm not even done with the introduction. (laughs) I'm introducing what I'm fixing to say. But the reason I have to tell you what God has done is because if I don't, as sure as I'm standing here, you will start saying, well, I didn't think I had to do anything to be saved. There's a lot you've got to be in on to be saved that you have to do. 
And I'm going to show you that in a minute. Unlike most of my lessons, I usually stick with what God has done through Jesus. You have to get that straight in your head before we get to your part of this equation. The gospel of Jesus is free. It is free. It's a gift. It's free of charge. You cannot earn it. You cannot earn this. You say, it's a gift, it's free of charge, and I cannot earn it. Please remember that. It is not by works. It is by faith. You are saved by grace through faith. On top of all that, there's constant mediating work for you. I shared this with one of the hair makeup ladies, you know. She's sitting in a four-wheeler reading the Bible. I said, now's the time to make a move on her. So I'll go up and say, look like, a, what is that you got there, a Bible? Yes, a pictorial Bible. We started right there, and I gave her the same thing I'm giving you. And you know what she did? She'd be out of Los Angeles, California. <sighs> she cried. I said, come down there, and Miss Kay and I, one evening, we'll take you to the river. Just some girl sitting in a four-wheeler reading her Bible. I said, I'm fixing to move. Acts 20, 24, Paul's task said he was to testify to the gospel of God's grace. His task back then is my task here today. I don't know who's who. I know a lot of you. I know your brothers. You say, I reckon there's any visitors in here? Probably is. You say, reckon, uh, reckon they're all in Jesus? I have no idea. I have no way of knowing. So just in case you're seated here and you're not in Jesus... Listen up, because, boy, what you're fixing to hear, your head's fixing to pulsate. I, I will stress the crucial ramifications concerning all humans on planet Earth in the next 15 minutes. Because of the gospel, the sequence of events, because of the gospel, that one must partake of, that one must respond to, that one has the responsibility to move on, to be a part of. You say, a lot of this, because of the gospel, the responsibility is going to fall on me. It really is. I don't do this often, but today I will. For one to participate in the blessings that's offered through the gospel. You say, how do I participate in that field? Sure, fire, nail down, no. You must be born twice. Number two, you must die three times. Three, you must be buried twice. And four, you must be resurrected twice. After saying that, you're like, okay, well, let me, let me go back and let me start adding all this up. Two births, three deaths, two burials, two resurrections, or you're not getting out alive. You believe me? The good question to ask about now is, what if I don't participate in these things you just mentioned while I'm on earth in spite of the death, burial, and resurrection? What if I don't participate in the two births, the three deaths, the two burials, and the two resurrections? Well, here's what's going to happen to you. You say, how many births am I going to have? You're going to have one birth. 
you did come from your mother, all of you who are seated here today. Did you come from your mother? You can go like this, or if you say this, I'm saying, where'd you come from then? You say, you come, I, I came out of my mama. Birth number one, duh. That got you here. You say, well, what if I miss the gospel? What if I circumvent the gospel and get around it? That's the only birth you'll ever have from your mother. The problem with that is you say, I get old enough to sin, and I do sin. You know why? You were born connected to Adam, and that birth connected to Adam gave you the ability, the knowledge, to know the difference between good, remember, the knowledge of good and evil. I have a question for you. When you got old enough to know better, you say, know better about what? Know the difference between good and evil. When you got old enough to know the difference between good and evil, what did you do at some point? Which did you choose? Always good or did you ever make the mistake and choose evil? What about it? Did you choose evil? You can go like this or I never chose evil. Well, you just lied, so I know you're an evil person. You say, I got old enough and I sinned. Yep. Connected to Adam. You get one birth if you never find Jesus and the gospel. You get one death when you sin. You circumvent the second death, and you know what? You say, and then I go into a casket. That's your second death. You die twice. You say, but if you save, you die three times. That's right. And because I die three times, that last death has no power on me. That's it. You're like, I'll have one burial instead of two if I miss Jesus. One burial. You say, which one is that? When you go into a casket. All of you are going into a casket, aren't you? Everybody goes into a casket. Therefore, you say, whoo, there's two resurrections for the saved. How many will the lost have? Just one. Everybody be raised at the last day, the righteous and the wicked. You say, uh, if I'm part of the wicked camp, I'll be raised like everyone else. Yeah, and then you can say, I might add in a third death there because it's called eternal destruction. You could characterize it as eternal death. That might give you your third death. You say, for whatever reason, it's not good if I go into the casket and I circumvented the gospel of Jesus Christ. One cannot earn what I'm fixed to tell you. I'm going to tie this together. All of you came from your mother. The ones of you who are saved, I'm on the saved now. I just got done with the lost. Were in birth from their mother. They sinned and died. They physically died and were buried. And at the end of time, they will be raised from the dead and judged to eternal damnation. That's what's going to happen to them. You say, what about us who are saved? You came out of your mother. That's a fact. You say, uh, what did that give me? That gave you a connection to Adam. You say, was I a sinner? No, sir. Once you were alive apart from law, little toddler, little baby, you're in a crib. You're like, I didn't know what the law said. Nope. I didn't know what lying was. No. 
too little. I didn't know what sin was. I didn't know what immorality was. I'm too little. I'm a little baby. You were alive then. <sighs> However, because of your connection to Adam, when you got old enough to know better, what did every last one of you do? You can say it out loud. Sinned. You sinned, and the wages of sin is death. That's your first death. You die spiritually. You're walking around a dead person. How many verses do you want? Therefore, God would say, Jesus, you must be born again. There are two births, one from your mother. Jesus said, you must be born again. I count two, right? One's from mother, you say, and he said something incredibly important. Nicodemus, Nicodemus believed. He believed in Jesus. Was he saved? No. He said, why? He had not been born again. I believe you're bound to be from God because nobody can be performing these miracles except through God. I believe you are the one you're saying you are. Jesus said, I got news for you. Unless you're born again, Nicodemus, you're not going to see the kingdom. He's like, how am I going to get back inside my mother? He misses it. Jesus said, unless you're born again, he mentioned two things. Of water and the spirit. You will not enter the kingdom. That's pretty serious talk. You know what it lets me know? There are two births. One from your mother and one from water and spirit. Listen to this. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. I told you that a while ago going into this. He saved us through the washing of rebirth. It sounds like water. What do you wash clothes with? Water. You say, what do you wash your face with? Water. You say, what do you wash your body with? Water. He saved us, Jesus did, through the washing of rebirth. Unless you were born again of water and the Spirit. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he's poured out on us generously to Jesus Christ our Lord, our Savior. Water, Spirit, water, Spirit. Jesus to Nicodemus, Paul to Timothy. Acts 2.38. They were cut to the heart when they heard Peter's gospel sermon. What do we do? Repent and be baptized. I see water. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I see the Spirit. I see water. I see Spirit. It seems simple enough to me. You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you, if you've been baptized into Christ Jesus, have clothed yourself with Christ Jesus. I see water. Five verses, six verses later. Because you're sons, God sent the Spirit into our heart. I see water. I see Spirit. 1 Peter 1.22, now that you purified yourselves by obeying the truth, love one another sincerely from the heart, for you've been born again. Listen, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. We're here celebrating. <laughs> You're like, I was implanted with imperishable seed when I found the water by faith. I died, second death. Remember, you're dead in your sins. You say, I heard the gospel, I believe it. 
What I need to do, God, you need to die to sin. Because I came down to die to bear your sin. I took them away. I bared your sins for you. I took them upon me. What's your response to that? You say, well, what do I need to do? Die to it, dude. Die to the alcohol. Die to the drugs. Die to the immorality. Die to it. You say, when does that happen? When you go to the creek or the river or that pool. Don't believe it. We're on your second death when you die to sin. How does this sound to you? I'll give you two of them. Well, if he's never going to count another sin against us once we get in Jesus, what's to keep us from just sinning all we want to and they're paid for? What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? He just got through describing how great the grace of God is, which I did up front so you will know. It's the grace of God that saves you through faith. The question is, when? I think a pertinent question would be, when do you die to sin? Because if you could ever find a point in time when you literally were dead to sin, you say, boy, I would have come a, I would have crossed a giant hurdle there. What are you talking about? Shall we go on sinning so the grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. I see death number two. You're dead in sin. I see a death to it. Once you believe that Jesus died for it, you're like, I can get out of this burden of sin right here because of what Jesus did. But I've got to make a decision. Decision time! Lallygagging around them, morality lines, stealing, whoring around, getting drunk, just falling down, smoking up. Time to die to it. You say, what's my motivation to die to it? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's all you're getting. You want sex? Marry someone of the opposite sex. That's all you're getting. Live with it. How can we live in sin any longer? What's the point in time he goes back to? Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? I see you dying. We were therefore buried with him through baptism. Two burials, remember? This is your first one. Buried with Jesus through baptism? And somebody says, well, you know how to do that. I'm like, we died, we were baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death, and we're buried with Jesus through baptism, and I don't have to do it? I mean, come on. Give me a break. It's a fifth grade read. A fifth grader could see that. Were you trying to tell me I need to go to the water? Yeah. Are you going to condemn anybody if they don't? Never. I'm just here to report. I'm reading the text. I'm not, go- I'm not your judge. I'm not going to condemn you. Well, I'm never going to the river. 
See you around, dude. I love you. I'm not going to condemn anyone, ever. I just read you the text. We were baptized into Jesus' death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. It's a death. That's death number two. In order that, why do you do all this? Just as Christ was raised from the dead, we're celebrating it today. Back there 2,000 years ago. Just like he was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. Check this out. We too may live a new, new, new life. I'm looking at the exact point in time when it happens. I see water. And he goes on to say by the, gets, by the time he gets to Romans 8, therefore the, you, the Holy Spirit of God it indwells your body and all the talk about the Spirit. If we've been united with him in his death, death number two for the Christian, will certainly also you be united with him in his resurrection. That's resurrection number one for you. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless. Sounds like a death, not only that, a burial. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. You say, that's death number two, and boy, is that a big one. What are you talking about? You say, what if I miss that? You tell me. Don't you see? Unless you're born again of water and the Spirit. Look at what go. It's just H2O. No power in H2O, but your faith in Jesus and the blood and his death, his resurrection. You say, that's what's saving me. I'm just giving you the Bible's point in time when that happens. There's no way around it, folks. Therefore, if a little flack becomes, comes our way because of it, you say, Phil, have you talked to all denominational groups nationwide? Yes. They said, did any of them ever get mad at you? No. Any argument for the last 25 years? No arguments. You say, what did you give them? The same thing I'm giving you. It's the way all planet Earth alive. Colossians has this sound. In him and Jesus, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. I wonder when men and women are circumcised spiritually by Jesus and their sinful nature is cut away. I wonder when that happens. Not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. When is that, Paul? Same one who wrote Romans 6. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. That's when. He goes on to say, since then you have been raised with Christ. That's your first resurrection. You miss it, you miss it all. Set your minds on, uh, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God, when Christ, who is your life, appears, that final death you're going to die, your physical death, you say, has no power over you because when Jesus appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to a human being. Therefore, how much time do I have, Kelly? 
few minutes. Listen to this. Born of your mother, then you're born of God through faith, repentance. Jesus is Lord, and you die to sin. You are buried, the old you, and the new you comes forth. That's you're dead in your sin, then you die to sin, and then you look forward to the grave. To live is Christ, brothers, and to die physically, to die is gain. You're not going to lose anything when you physically die. You're going to gain everything. Don't worry about it. Don't fret. Back off so many pills. You're, gonna, you're a child of the resurrection for crying out loud. You say, I'm going to live forever. You're not going to really die. Your body's in the cemetery. Okay, you're alive without it. And you're going to groan, wanting it back. You're going to get it. He's going to give it back to you. Your body. Look. The third death has no power over you. You were buried with Jesus at baptism. You died with him, you were buried. You were raised with him. You say, that burial I have in the casket, I shouldn't worry about it. That final resurrection, you're raised with Jesus once in, out of the water. You say, you know what? I'm beginning to like the sound of this. What are you saying? Look, 2014 years ago, God became flesh. In a lot of ways, what we're saying here today is, let me just flat out come out and say it. The resurrection of Jesus back then, that is your birthday. It's your birthday. Think about it. You say, that guaranteed me when I was born again. The resurrection of Jesus, that's my real birthday because that's your eternal birthday. You can go back to when you died with Jesus and we're buried with him. And you say, when I rose out of that grave, that was my birthday. Yeah. You're never going to die again. Nope. Physical death will not separate you from the love of God. You're in this forever. You have been made an eternal being. You're going to be like the angels. He's destroyed death. He's given you immortality. Bask in it. Wallow in it. Say, boy, what can man do to me? Insult. And you're worried? Hate. And it bothers you? <laughs> I'm like, I love you anyway. Say what? What you're doing is sin. You hate me for it. It's okay. Never forget this and I'll end. Back there 2,000 years ago, when Jesus became flesh, you said, why did he do that? To connect with Adam for you. You say, when Jesus died and was raised from the dead, that right there is what disconnects you from Adam. When you die to sin, you are buried 
and you are raised. What you've got to remember is when Jesus came, he literally died. They killed him on a cross. He literally died. He literally, his body was buried. His body literally was energized and he came forth from the tomb. All these years later, when you hear that, God counts you. Going into water, he counts you as dying. He counts you as being buried. He counts you as being raised from the dead. You say, and the reason he does is because there will come a time when you literally, like Jesus, die. Old age, heart attack, cancer. You will literally die. You will literally be buried, like Jesus. You will literally, the good news, you will literally, your body be raised from the dead. You're like, oh my goodness. He really did it. He allows this to be my death, my burial, my resurrection in time before I actually do die and be buried and be raised from the dead. It is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the human race. I'm telling y'all, we, we are in on something big. And I'm about halfway fired up about it. I mean, give me a break. Through faith. At your baptism, you finally have found the way to disconnect from Adam. As in Adam... All do what? They all die. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep since death came through a man, Adam. The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus. As in Adam, all die. Ain't no doubt about it. So in Christ, all will be made alive. You're like, that's the way to disconnect from Adam right there. That's the way that evil part of me, that sinful nature that I inherited from Adam, that's the way to get rid of it right there. This man, Jesus, 2,000 years ago because he was raised from the dead. Therefore, when you literally die and you literally are buried and you literally will be raised from the dead, all you can do while you're on the earth is don't be embarrassed and don't be ashamed and don't be afraid to just step out and tell anyone, look, I love you. Here's what's happened on your behalf. You tell them you love them and you just go with it. If you're visiting, and in case you never understood until now, simple trusting faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, now you know why. You say, I'm required my part to repent. I don't know what sins you tangle up in, but I know you are. You're human. We all make mistakes. Believe the gospel. Turn from whatever has ensnared your life. Does he ever deserve to be called Lord of your life? He's going to get your body out of the ground. Uh, that's enough for me. You say, constant mediating work, constant cleansing, he being at the right hand of God for any sin I will ever commit. Yeah, you're like, I have nothing to worry about on this earth, not one thing. Go forth 
be happy, die to sin, be buried, and come forth a new creation implanted with imperishable seed. Think about that. It's like an acorn turning into an oak tree. It has something in there that jump-starting it, power. You're like, that's what I'm like. I've got implanted seed in me that guarantees my body will be energized and I'll live on and on and on. I'm looking forward to it, Father, for you doing this through Jesus all these years ago. Father, he did the literal dying for us and the pain and suffering that went with it. And he was buried, his body, in a tomb. And three days later, by your great power, his body came forth from that tomb, Father. It is the only chance, the only hope we're ever going to get on this earth. Help us, Father, embrace that wholeheartedly. Help us understand, Father, it was free. You did this free of charge. We can't earn that. You did it for us. If we would but believe and as you said in your word, be born again of water and the Spirit. I pray, Father, that if there's anyone here that ever doubted that, they will move and they will move now to participate in that new birth, that burial with your Son, that death to sin, that burial and that resurrection with your Son, Jesus, all coming together in, of all things, a pool of water. Thank you, Father, for being able to look at us and count us as dead to sin but alive in Christ Jesus. We love you, Father, for what you have done. If there's anyone here, I pray that they move and move now so that they can be saved and immortality will be theirs. It's through Jesus, with the help of your spirit that empowers us and guarantees we'll be raised from the dead, I offer this prayer on behalf of anyone here that might not have understood it till now. Amen. See y'all. On bending the eye of